to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hey there, welcome along to the Chris and Sam podcast. My name's Sam. I'm Chris. And I'm Diego. Episode 299. We stuffed up the intro a little bit, but don't worry about that. We're professionals now. We're one away from 300. Pretty sure we get a certificate from somewhere, don't we, Chris? Yeah. Do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got it ordered. Do you? It comes with a a, a naughty calendar. (laughs) Oh, shit. That brings back some memories. Uh, Going back, going into some random workplaces, and they've got this bizarre calendar hanging up in the toilet. Now oh, those days are gone, long gone. Oh, What's- no, they're all, all firemen now. It's all the girls that get all those calendars, not the guys. Wow, you can't, you've got to be uh, equal rights these days. What's been happening, Chris? Let's go. Um, it's a big week, right? So we got Misty Flex. By the time you hear this, we will have been to Misty Flex. Yes. Yeah, um, but uh, as we're recording that, that's not till tomorrow. Uh, that's great because uh, I'll be doing some Q&A on stage apparently and one of our films will be showing and you We will catch there. up with Adam, our uh, Patreon supporter and uh, one of, if not, no, one of, I'll say, top podcast fans out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. we've got three, so he's yeah. in the mix. He, he's one of the triumvirate. Um, so that's cool. Um, and what else? Uh, <laughs> 10X Rukura is happening today. Everything's happening. Today as you, this is released yes. on the Sunday. If, if, you are, if you are one of the people that listen to this as soon as it comes out at 7 o'clock Sunday morning, make sure to head along to... TEDxRukura.com forward slash live. That's right. We will have the link in the show notes. We will. And uh, yeah, just go there. You can watch it from 10.30. It'll finish 2.30. There's a bit of a break in the middle. Uh, Nine amazing speakers. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Yes. uh, I just got back from the school production, uh, which was very cool. Uh, They're doing a show tonight and a show tomorrow as well. But I went to this one this afternoon, which is great. Uh, one of the teachers writes the whole production and the whole school's involved. There's only like 102 kids or something, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so is it good? It's good. Uh, I'm pretty certain I may have talked about this two years ago. They only do it every two years. I just wish that they would sort out their audio. (laughs) Yeah, I remember you talking about that. I mean, there's three main characters in this one. They're three little pigs. One kid... They've got the mic, uh, what are the ones that you have for TEDx where it's sort of to the side of your face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever those are. Wireless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they have to unmic and remic the kids a lot. And they've got about 20 mic packs, I think, running all at the same time. And they did really well this year. There wasn't many people talking the Off side stage, stage yeah, yeah. yeah, which is good. Uh, but I really think they should have just lapelled those guys because when one of the kids wasn't talking, he was breathing. <sighs> <laughs> so anyway, no, um, very good. Uh, it's very cool what they get together. Yeah, no, put together. Cool. I mean, that's cool. That's cool. It's funny. I, I've just been watching this video, and I've seen it before, but I watched the whole thing this time, or or they showed the whole clip. Okay. You've seen the video of that white office police officer in the states body cam footage of him going to a house that's got more than ten people in it. <laughs> no, what happens? I guess it turns crazy. No, no, because he goes, uh, what's happening here? You know why I'm pulling up? And the guy goes, oh, too many people here? 
He goes, yeah, do you know what the audience audience ordinance is? And he goes, oh, 10 people? He goes, yeah. How many people have you got in the house? Oh, like maybe 20. Okay, yeah. And then it sort of, he goes, yeah, okay, so I'll just go to the computer. So he goes to the computer in his car, and it cuts that bit, and then it comes back. He goes, something weird just come up. I haven't seen it before. It says that you, I put your name in, and it says you've um, um, tested positive for COVID. He goes, yeah, yeah, I tested positive a week ago. And so you've been asked to quarantine? He goes, yeah, that's why I'm staying in my house. But there's 20 other people in your house. He goes, yeah, but I'm staying in my house because I'm COVID positive. Okay. He's uh, <laughs> a sandwich oh short of a pig Oh, my God, we are screwed. Yeah, this is a college kid. Like, I've got a story for you, actually, with police in America, and it's slightly different to what we're used to. <laughs> okay. A black man was detained while jogging for fitting a, subs- sub- a suspect description, right? Yeah. Then later on, he was offered a job with the sheriff's department. <laughs> so uh, this guy, 28, he was running along. There was a burglary. Because yeah, the white, fat white cops can't run. They're like, what is this thing? No, no. So quick? No, no, sorry. no. They pulled him up and they said, look, we are on the lookout for this guy. He matches your description. And they did it really well. And there's dash ca- uh, body cam footage that the bosses looked at. I don't think it's public. But he said, look... You're not, um, they're looking for a guy that stole a leaf blower and something else. And this guy doesn't have it, but he's running. So anyway, they said, look, you're not in any trouble or anything. You just kind of fit the description. We're just going to do a check to make sure you're not him. Everything's okay. And he says, look, I've got my ID and shows the cop. And he says, that's cool. um, But we just have to go through this process. I'm not saying it's you. It's okay. Um, But this guy, this 28 year old, he just had a baby. And he's freaking out a little bit. He's looking down at his phone. He started Facebook Live. He was recording the encounter. And he told the cop, look, I've got this live. I'm recording it. And the cop goes, that's fine. I'm recording as well. And he's just saying, um, you can hear him yelling out saying, like, I don't know if this is going to go bad, but if it goes bad, I want you to raise all hell, um, you know, or if it goes bad. And he's just yelling at his phone. And they're like, look, we're going to sit down. And the cop went to his car. He comes back and he says, look, I've just been told by my um, sergeant. It's nothing to do with me, but I have to cuff you right now. So he said, just sit there. We're going to cuff you. We're going to just check this out and it's going to be okay. And that's all good. And they said, look, you're not the guy. We we realize that you're not. It's all good. That's all good. The black dude is actually a former military police officer, and they asked him if he wanted to come in and do trainings with their entire staff around racial profiling and something like that. And he said, yep. And he was doing some training with them for 20 people at a time. Then they offered him an actual job. And he said, no, thank you. Um, I've got a job in healthcare. And uh, yeah, bit of an interesting take there. Interesting. Um, I I was just telling you a little bit earlier, uh, but I think it it, it sort of... (laughs) resonates with what you just said i was i met a person from the improv um and uh they are in a very professional environment yes uh which they didn't want to let loose because everybody there is arty oh is that I, the I actual reason because i couldn't when you told me uh they didn't want to tell you i couldn't work out why they wouldn't yeah and i think it's because everybody felt maybe involved. a bit out of place yeah everybody's involved yeah. in, in plays and okay. musicals and arty and all the yeah. rest of it um, and I was like, oh, I'm not really. But then I was like, oh, yeah, I suppose I've done all this stuff. Anyway, and then uh, it turns out that they have been so uh, on a, 
path, their professional path, their entire life. Yeah. And they just want to do something different. That's and right. And they were like, so how was your life planned? I'm like, <laughs> my life is improv. There was no planning. Not since I left home at like 16, uh, 17, whatever it was. I was like, no. No very planning. good. Uh, so the largest 3D printed sculpture in the world was installed this week. Ooh. That's what they're claiming. Where? where? Rotorua. Okay, I was I was waiting for you to say Dubai. <laughs> no, so <laughs> this thing has been uh, taken three years to make. It's gone way over budget. They it was supposed to cost half a million, and I think it cost seven hundred fifty no seven hundred forty three thousand uh, dollars. Rotorua Lakes Council, NZTA, and other local funders sort of paid for it. Now I knew they were building this, and I saw it sort of being built out near the airport near Rotorua, because out near the airport is Kilwell, and they are world-famous company based in Rotorua that makes fishing rods oh, okay. and fiberglass. Like, they know okay. how to do stuff, and Kilwell's a pretty big name. And uh, they took on the yeah, project. I know. <laughs> I could see your face glazing over going, what do they make? Um, no, so uh, they helicoptered it in. It was pretty cool. And it's uh, on. there's a big roundabout near Tapuya, uh, which is the intersection where you turn right to go towards Talpo or left, and the mountain bike tracks are just behind that. Oh, yeah. And they've sort of put it in there, and it's a big, weird thing. Oh, okay. But it's interesting that it was 3D printed. I assume, yeah, it took him a while. Uh, he says here, just randomly, it took about 16,500 hours of printing. Okay. Pretty crazy. Because they, they, they are doing a lot of um, printing houses now. Um, yeah, it's getting. It's not main by a long shot. No, it's not mainstream, but it's getting a bit better. And I think they are doing things in, you know, uh, they've got a unit that you can go and set up for post earthquake type housing and just map. Yeah, just do a whole village basically. Yeah, what's well, good? Um, which is a great idea. I mean, you know, we're talking a few weeks after you know after a bit of cleanup and stuff. Um, what have I got here? Um, I have no have idea. Have you ever heard of a coffin confessor? What? I, I think it's a new thing. What and are they confessing to? Um, so <laughs> it's an interesting it's an interesting idea, but what makes it more interesting, and unfortunately I don't have the audio for you, is the Australian that's come up with it oh, who's mate, doing it, mate. Mate, mate <laughs> I've come up with something and it's out the back of my shed. What is it? So he... I forget the whole story how he got into it, but basically... <laughs> That's not important. It's not important. So basically, he gets paid by people who are on their deathbed to crash their funerals and... Make up... Confess stuff. Like made or up... Or say stuff. Actual stuff from the dead person, or is he sort from, of like a performance no, artist? No, no. It's actual stuff. How... What? How so, do you so, sell... So, okay, yeah. So he gets paid 10 grand up front before the guy dies. To do this. this has got to be a rich person random thing, isn't it? Possibly. Can, I don't know. Okay. Is there, anyway, examples, it, <laughs> is there examples of what he's yeah, done? So there's one, one I thought I'd share. This is blowing my mind. <laughs> so he goes, he, this guy, the guy that died, had been um, uh, incapacitated in some way, like semi comatose or uh, not able to. Before he died, yeah. Before he died, for, but, for but, a period of time. But he was able minded to get this yeah, guy yeah, jacked he, up. Yeah, so he, he, he could speak so, to him. Yeah, I don't okay. know. He was whatever he was incapacitated. So this guy could get paid well ahead of time 
They don't... Oh, okay, carry on. All right. So, well, they pretty much don't hire them till they know they're going to die. Like, the, the, the okay. what do you call yeah, it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. On the way. On the way. So, anyway, um, what he had to do, he... Um, his his the the funeral's taking place, so the family doesn't know he's coming. That's one of the things. Family doesn't know anything about it. You so imagine very- trying to explain it. Oh, by the way, you no, lo- no, no. He just he no really- after the fact. Oh. Like oh yeah, your loved one decided to give and pay my bill, which you know is confidential, but it's a lot. And uh, <laughs> I'm here to tell you. No, no, this is what it happened. So he's he's in a funeral. He goes in. He goes in with all the mourners. He's sitting there. And the um, the guy's best mate stands up to start delivering his eulogy, and yes. this guy, and you gotta go. This is a full on Aussie. You know what I mean? He stand, he stands up. He goes, "All right, you can shut up and sit down. I've got some <laughs> stuff that uh, my um, that Peter, whatever yeah. his name was, wanted to say. He um, he asked me to bring this up here, and he wanted to say to and let's say the uh, best friends Bob." He wanted to say, Bob, he didn't really appreciate you cracking onto his wife for the last three months while he was stuck in that hospital bed, and you guys are getting a bit too cosy, and you can just da-da-da-da-da, and then he said some other stuff about everything else. Meanwhile, these two, like, the wife and the the best friend slipped out the back of the funeral. What is going on? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, good. I don't know how he got into that role. I don't know. Yeah, no, he got into it because he was helping somebody out, um, and then the guy goes, oh I, "Oh, I wish I could say something at my funeral." And he goes, "I'll say it." It must, and he didn't charge him. It was the first no, time, but it must. And he went in and he and he stood up. He goes, oh, "I've only known Bob, or whatever his name, for, for a few weeks or whatever." This is what he told me to tell you. It and, must be a word of mouth thing, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. Like, you'd do it, and then you'd be like, you know what? There was this guy that came up, and he said, "Wah wah wah." Oh, that's a great idea. Mm. So he calls it a coffin confessor. Oh man! I don't know how. I think he's been doing it a while now. Though. There's a job I think he's out doing it for a couple of years. There's a job out there for everyone, and if there isn't, just make it up. Oh, and while we're on the the, the subject of death, Diana Rigg died. So do you, you would remember her. You would probably remember her from um, Game of Thrones. Yes, she was the. Um, oh, What's her name? I've forgotten. Her yeah, name from the place. Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, we know. We know. Um, she she played that role really, really well. But I remember from the Avengers. Now, when the Avengers was, you know, this Marvel movie Avengers was coming out, Did I you- thought it was going to be the old Avengers that I used to love as a kid, which is a camp, interesting. Yeah, yeah, and. Diana Rigg was pretty hot back in the 70s. I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some photos 60s, and stuff. 60s, but, 70s, but before I'm my sure. time. Um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize it was the same person. Yeah, I know. But yeah, no, I didn't. I never realized. I never realized. Oh, that's right. That makes me feel better. Um, Hey, we've been doing this podcast for so long now, Chris. That uh, stories that we talked about years ago are coming back into the forefront. Uh, Ages ago, we talked about Microsoft potentially having underwater data centers. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, Yeah. I thought it was a brilliant idea. Right. So. They put uh, one of these underwater shipping container things. It's it's not a shipping container. It's like a round. It looks like a um one of those tank things that water use for tanks. Petrols. No oh, petrol okay. stations. It's like a cylindrical thing. Anyway, oh, like the big LPG tanks. Like yeah, 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 sort yeah. of like that, but it's got different ridges in it. Anyway, they worked out it's feasible in 2015 because they put one underwater uh, for 105 days. They do this off off the coast of Scotland. 
there's a whole bunch of stuff scientifically that they use in that area because of the tides are really good. And North Sea and all And it's pretty rough and all that stuff. So they've just pulled it out again on phase two, which now shows that it's actually even practical. It was there for two years. Uh, and they've just pulled it out. So 2017, it went under, basically just come out. Um, it was quite clean, just had some scum and barnacles on it. They just sort of water blasted it and it came up and they're like, oh, that's pretty good. That's cleaner than what we thought. They took it to a lab and then they basically open one end and the whole server rack comes out and they're looking at the data and they're going to test it in that. But they've said that so far it's eight times more reliable than normal server racks on land. And they don't really know why. They've got ideas, but they've got to look into it. But they said it's really cheap and easy and cooling's cared for. Is it for. because it's better engineered? Like on on land, you know you can always replace it at any moment. They so did, you're just throwing shit in they there. They did have stuff die on there. Like yeah, yeah. Some I, of the I racks. think there's always going to be... Oh, yeah, no, they, and they can deal with that. They just But everything's backed up multiple times and they just spin up new servers and stuff. So I think their biggest problem is just the connection side of it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up because I was reading it and I was like, I'm sure we've talked about this. No, we have, we have. Um, I came across a really cool um, doco on Netflix that you have to see. Everybody. 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 All everybody four of you to listening to this. <laughs> okay. Everybody has to see this. No, honestly, What's it's it called? It's called My Octopus Teacher. Okay. It's got the best cinematography. What's it about? It's a doco. So this guy, he's he's a documentary maker in South Africa. Yeah. And he went through Africa and he's doing some docos. Anyway, he got a bit stressed and, and all the rest of it. So he went back to his family sort of batch type thing yeah. that they used to, he used to be at, a, at as a kid and went diving every day, uh, just snorkeling. And he okay. found this octopus and made friends with this octopus and just – the story is about him and this octopus, and it's it's awesome. <laughs> it's it's quite different. It's it, very it very sounds cool. it's, it it's sounds different. New. It's very new. It's only this year it's come out. Okay, yeah, no, definitely worth worth the watch. It's now twenty, I think, something like that. Oh, okay, it sounds um, interesting. Yep, totally, totally got the Chris Hanlon recommendation for. Uh, oh, really? That. So talking about interesting. Yeah. We got because you know we're two ninety nine, almost three hundred. Kickstarter dropkick. I thought I'd find some things for you, Chris. Ooh, ooh. Dude looks like a lady. A photo essay is the title of one. What? So this dude, right, who is very good looking, but could be feminine looking. He's got long curly sort hair. Of androgynous. Yeah, sort of. He wanted. This is what it says. He wanted to troll his family. They constantly gossip behind everyone's back, including his. It's not rare for his mother to wake him up, telling him that some aunt or uncle has accused him of doing some vile thing or another. He goes, admittedly, I give him a lot of ammunition to work with, which leads to my mum ringing me at 4am in the morning. One of them was that he was gay, and also pretty certain he's married to a man. Both of these things are news to this guy, because he's neither of those things. So he thought... How am I going to get back at them, Chris? What do you think he did? It's called Dude Dude looks like a lady, a photo essay. He obviously took loads of photos of himself in compromising positions dressed as a woman. He got, well, very, very close. He got his female friends to send some photos and then he recreated them. And he's on Kickstarter and he's making a book. Now, um, both of these Kickstarter projects I've found have still got over 20 days to go. So you can get in on this, right? 
25 <laughs> days to go at oh, time of recording. Can't wait. I know. He's already raised like three grand or something. Um, I think he needs six grand. So here's, uh, there's one of the shots. Uh, okay. Um, there's another one. So his friends sent through some arty sort of um, very uh, sexy photos. And then this dude recreated them for this uh, book. I mean, that's, that's what it's going to look like. There we go. It's a mock-up of the cover. Uh, so you can, Chris, if you want to. The no. link will be in our show notes, the com forward slash EP 299. Okay, I've got another one for you then. I don't want to look. <laughs> if you could get an action figure of anybody, Chris, who would you get? Just to make you feel a bit better. Action figure of yourself, obviously. Oh, no, obviously. But So this one's got 23 days to go. They they wanted like twenty two thousand New Zealand dollars and they've already got ninety one thousand dollars so it's met its goal really quickly I think yep it's got eighteen hundred backers Chris did you want a Nancy Pelosi action figure <laughs> I was gonna say whoever assassinates Trump I want that action figure and it could be Nancy Pelosi I could see her suicide bombing him <laughs> that's right so you can get this little. Oh, look, it comes with a little um, judge's mallet thing and a um, gavel and a um, mask that you can put on her. Oh, my God. So, anyway, people are really keen on this, and you can get them in different colours. They come in deep I'm blue or magenta. I'm surprised they don't have a Ruth Bader Ginsburg. They probably do, but we haven't looked for it. <laughs> I would, yeah, they have all sorts. Oh, we live in weird times, don't we? Weird, weird times. Hey, we sure do. We're so weird that they now think that Venus might actually have life on it. Yes, I heard that. Yep. So uh, life flowing, floating in the clouds is what they're thinking. Microbial life, we should yeah, make right. sure everybody knows. And that's because the gas phosphine is being yeah. detected there. And the only way they can figure out phosphine is being created is through living organisms processing other gases and minerals. That's right. So there was a big uh, bit of discussion about it online. And basically, the reason they didn't really look at Venus before was because whenever they last looked at it, years and years and years ago, I think maybe the Russians, someone just said, no, nah, nothing happened in there. And they all just believed it. They're like, okay. Yeah, so what that means is if this Earth and Venus actually has life, they think that life is far more likely to occur everywhere else. Mm, that cool. just makes the, 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 the odds of life being somewhere yeah, yeah, way totally. more Star Trek-like. Rather than, you know. <laughs> so, uh, who's going to get there first to Venus? Do you know? Well, obviously, it's going to be Elon Musk. No. <laughs> no. No. It's going to be Rocket Lab. Uh, they're going to be ready by 2023. They've already been planning on it. This just happens to be... Our uh, Rocket Lab. Yep. He's based in New Zealand. This just happens to be a nice thing that just happened this week. They were already working on it. Holy crap. So, now, obviously, their rocket is very little. The payload is going to be very little. They're going to send some data back, and that's about it. So, the pro... When did you, did you just say date? Or? 2023. 2023. That's pretty quick. Okay, cool. Yeah, because they can move that quick. They're working with a Russian scientist... And the Russians, yeah, but there'll also be that whole alignment thing when we're at our perihelium or whatever it's called, so we're closest to that at the same time yep. and the shortest distance. So yeah, yeah. It'll take a couple of months to get you'd there. Think 
that would only happen once every Whatever. year or two. Not sure, but okay. yeah. So they're working with the person that discovered the phosphine yep. and a Russian backer and a few other people. Now, the probe that they're going to release is only weighs 37 kilos, which is quite small. It's going to take readings and all sorts of stuff and send it back. Now, how do you think this probe's going to work, Chris? Uh, uh, oh, here's, here's a fact for you. So they're going to release it into the atmosphere. It's going to do nine kilometers per second. That's how fast it's falling. It's going to send back the data um, about what it can to Earth, and it has no parachute. So it just slams into the Earth and gets destroyed. Of course it does. It'll be right, mate. It's gonna, <laughs> we'll make sure it sends that data back, and it'll just be hurtling. So I'm curious. Is it sending the data back up to another piece in the sky, and that sends it to Earth? Or is it hoping that that... Radio signal, I'm assuming it's a radio signal, is going to make it through the atmosphere and all the way no, to Earth. No, it, it does say it'll beam them back to Earth via the photon spacecraft before being destroyed. Oh, right. So, so yeah, yeah, so, that makes yeah, sense. So, there was a lander going down. Right, right. That, that so, anyway, sense. that's been happening. So, that's, that's that story just came out today, actually. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, I learned something today about cultural burning in the state. So, you know the US is having a bad time. In general? Yes. I guess. Uh, everywhere. <laughs> Their COVID strategy, although being the best on the planet, is still not working well. Um, <laughs> half, half the place is on fire. Half the place is on fire, and half the place is looking to be underwater shortly with all these storms going on. Yes. Good, so, good, good. you know. Anyway, um, one of the uh, fire agencies in California, I believe it is, from yes. memory, they've uh, actually taken these... Uh, elders from the local native tribes out, and the elders are showing them what they used to do in cultural burning. So what they used to do, it was part of their culture. So what they'd do is they'd come at certain times of the year, and they'd come in, and he goes, this is what we do. We see this this shrub here, then, you know, uh, it's it's all, all the leaves have fallen off. We take these branches, we snip these branches off. Yeah. Because we use them for flax, uh, making baskets, I think it was, something like that. So we take all those off, yep. and we do this, and we do that, and then we set fires. But we've been using these fires for like 500 years or something, and we know how to set fires so that it, like, it burns inwards or whatever. It doesn't get out of control. Yeah, and yeah. they used to burn a 1,000 acres a year until the – I want to say the 1920s – when the Americans went, no, 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 you can't burn anymore. We we are the only ones that control fire. And and the in, interesting way this chief guy was saying, um, or this American Indian uh, elder, I should yeah. say, was saying was, you know, these guys, uh, the Europeans are, are afraid of fire. We see fire as a tool, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And so um, he goes... My grandmother, I think I want to say it's grandma. My grandmother or my mother taught me how to do all this stuff, um, but we had to do it like it was illegal then when they were teaching me, and so we haven't used it. And if we don't start doing this, the knowledge will fade. Yeah, and we should start doing this. And the reason you've got all these ridiculous fires is because we haven't done this for the last. 40, 60, 80 years, whatever it's been. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, eh? And it's just like, uh, yeah, guys, uh, you don't know everything, and you should maybe just chill and check out what these guys have been doing, because it works. <laughs> you, you just reminded me of something. I'll touch on this briefly, and it's a visual thing, really, for Chris and no one else. But uh, So if you're a Chinook helicopter pilot, 
right? Yeah. And you're there fighting wildfires on the West Coast. What do you think a Chinook helicopter pilot looks like if you were to describe them over the podcast for other listeners? Oh, okay. They, they, they're obviously wearing Ray-Bans. Of course. They're young, clean-shaven, um, and, yeah, look, oh, I'm going to say Tom Cruise or freaking, you know, Top Gun-like. Top one of Gun-like? Those, yeah, one of those. Would guys. you pick that? <laughs> so Chinook pilot there? Is she old? Is she her daughter? <laughs> uh, no. So this nineteen-year-old Ashley Blaine is uh, flying a Chinook helicopter at the moment, putting out fires. Her family owns a helicopter company. You can l- start to learn to fly a helicopter at age sixteen. So she's oh, wow. been flying for like three years. Wow. Yeah. She and that's she a big look, helicopter. She doesn't look much older than your daughter. Like she. Looks- I know. Looks like a bloody yeah yeah a very very young person there. So. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's pretty cool. What's coming up? Well, you know what's coming up, Chris. Three hundred episodes. Three hundred. Which so- is live recording. Have no idea how that's going to work. Let alone what we're doing really. But yeah, don't let we're that. We're working. We're working on that. Don't-, don't let that put you off. We're recording twenty second of September. Yes, and we'd love to have you there. We really, really want to have a few people there because we're going to feel really dumb otherwise. We've got at least one coming. Adam's coming. <laughs> Adam, I hope you're like locking in and ready for it because yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. see some behind the scenes stuff that, you know, yeah, that, blow your mind. Yeah, you'll never sleep again. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be good. We have uh, put quite a bit of thought over months into uh, the show we want to go along with this. And we've done a bit of work on it. Um, patchy work, we've I still will got, admit. We've still got a little bit to do, like but, most um, of it. But. but, yeah, no, we've got we've got things. So uh, there will be some awards, will be some things. We were hoping to get you guys to vote on some stuff. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll manage to get that on uh, some sort of Google Doc or even polls on a Facebook page over the next um, few, yeah. We'll over see how we week. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway... But if you can't make it, don't worry. That episode will come out like normal Sunday next week after this episode. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot in there for you to listen to. So as always, uh, if you like the podcast, just tell a friend or, you know, rope in some people and teach them how to listen to podcasts. There's so much great content out there being published all the time. And I really think that some people uh, that would like podcasts are missing out. Yeah, yeah, they just don't know it's there. And, um, yeah, I, I listen to podcasts way too much, probably. <laughs> but it's great. It's great. Okay, well, that's us for today. Um, look, looking forward to seeing some of you at uh, at the next uh, recording That's right. Tuesday. Until <laughs> next time, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.